Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This time on The Kindness Project, 1984, work experience, and we have our interview with Rebecca Robbins from Interbrand. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a man who's jealous that I've been podcasting without him. It's Chris Dames. And I'm joined by a girl who not only has been podcasting without me, not on, um, <laughs> uh, has, her, has had her first opinion piece published this week in Charlotte. I mean, you, you did that really professional, pro- pro- sorry, professionally, like you'd spent a week in a proper journalistic... Setting. I mean, what have you been up to? Uh, work experience. How'd it go? Experiencing work. It's fun. Experience like proper work? Yeah. Fun. So you enjoyed work? Yeah. What did you enjoy the most? I was writing articles. I had fun. It was good. And what did you write articles about? Share your knowledge of the FSCS, FCA. Oh, God, no. They confuse me the heck. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to avoid those topics and just say I have been with CityWire. Yeah, thank you. Week. Big shout out to all the CityWire who Woo. looked after Charlotte for a week. And you did, like, yeah, yeah they got you working really hard, didn't they? Mm-hmm. they you wrote an opinion piece. You cheated on me. <laughs> by going on Ollie's podcast. I'm your weren't... daughter, not your girlfriend. No, Jesus. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your daughter, not your girlfriend. I know that, but I, you are not only my daughter, you are my friend, and you are my podcast partner in crime. And when it comes to co-hosting a podcast, I don't want you mucking about with Ollie. <laughs> What's going on, Ollie? I'd give you my daughter for a week to look after and suddenly she's hosting another podcast. What's Not hosting, on? I was a guest, thank oh, you. Oh, you were a guest, okay. Mm-hmm. So what questions did he ask you as a guest? He was asking me about the Kindness Project. Oh, well, that's, oh you, you're allowed to do that. I'm advertising, you're, Jesus. You're, you're allowed, <laughs> you, you are allowed to go on somebody else's podcast and talk about our podcast, that's allowed. Did he ask you any other podcast, uh, uh, any other related questions? Um, we were talking about books. Oh, right, what books? Uh, the the the, uh, the, the reading list. Because I was saying how I've been struggling to get through 1984, and I can't remember which book he said, yeah. but he said that it's one of his favourite books now. And when he first read it, he hated it. See, I struggled to get through 1984, but I'm talking about the year, not the book. <laughs> <laughs> how old were you oh, in 1984? 1984 was seven. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well. It was a hot summer of 1984. Big Brother was watching no, really. um, <laughs> that I get that. That's from 1984, that the from book. 1984. I just got to that bit. Well done. Okay, so that that's all good. Can you tell our um, Can you tell our listeners where they can hear from us, or we where we can hear from them? Well, if you're not tired of hearing it already, which I bet you are, um, we are at Facebook, and there's a search bar, and you can just type the kind of project into there. I'm sure we'll pop up someday. Um, we do pop up today, I think, because you've been... You know what? We are... Now we're increasing in popularity a bit. I bloody hope so. 85 weeks in. Uh-huh. We, um, we're now to Google when you put the Carnage Project in. Oh, nice. Yeah, just Google us and on Google. I don't know where we are in the funniest... Not funniest. Happiest podcast in the world. I mean, we've got to be sort of... Moving up the ranks. Moving on up. Do you know that song? 
and people. Wait, sing a bit more of it. You want me to sing more? Yeah. Is that is that a genuine offer? Yeah. Moving on up, moving on. Yes, I know which one you're about. Fair enough. Thank you for saving me from that. So yeah, just Google the Kindness Project. We're all over the show. We're on Twitter at Holla Kindness. Uh, we're on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and WhatsApp and yeah, whatever. We're um, not on WhatsApp. No, we're not on WhatsApp. But you can find all about us. Are we on LinkedIn? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought we'd our LinkedIn uh, link. Are we on MySpace? Oh, I wish. Are we on Friends Reunited? Aww. We're not on Tinder, just like. <laughs> um, but you can find us at www. <laughs> 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 Can't let me out of us. Tinder joke. No, don't. No, don't. <laughs> www.thekindnessproject.co.uk we're, we're there and if you'd like a limited edition Kindness Project t-shirt buy it <laughs> at www.thekindnessproject forward slash merch um, so um, I my this week's question of the podcast is quite an interesting one because uh uh, I asked it on social media a few weeks ago at the start of summer. Oh, yeah. And we've got a few answers already, but we'd like to know more. I'm adding, I've got a Spotify playlist just called Songs I Love. And what I try and do. Well, actually, it's called Love This Song, but sure. Is, sure. All yeah. Right, all right, Spotify. Spike. Um, it's called Love This Song. I played it at your birthday, so I know. Okay, thank you. All right, anything, anything else you want to share about my spot fly? Spot fly. Oh, spot his, fly. his birthday just went, like, you know, two, three days ago. I, I lost track of which day it is, so. I have the grand old age of 42 years young. Fuck. Um, so, uh, but I am always adding to it, and in certain seasons, I like to add different songs. So, even though when you listen to this, we're probably late August. I'll probably be back at school. We're probably late no, August. No, August. No, 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 oh, late no. August. Um, it's still summer. So what summer songs should I add to my playlist? What's your favourite summer song? Uh, summer songs? I don't really like summer. You don't really like summer? <laughs> no. But I've really just... got against the whole season of summer? <laughs> it's too warm and there's too much sunlight. It's so, all... I'm a teenager, I wouldn't be in the room in the dark. No, I just don't appreciate the heat because it makes me sweaty and being sweaty makes me uncomfortable. So there's that. Uh, and also, I don't like wearing shorts because then you can see my legs and I don't appreciate shaving no, them. No, you can't because the, the, the hair's in the way, isn't it? Exactly, that's the point. That's the point. I don't like enjoy doing right. that. So. What's your favourite season? Winter. Winter. I like the cold. Cold. And the snow. Dark. I could just sit in my room in the darkness. Well, actually, um, around... Oh, when did it snow this year or last year? Fifth, wasn't it? Yeah, in yeah. February. We were at school, and it was the funniest thing of all time, because... Um, now, right, can I just say one thing? If you're, if you're going to say it's the funniest thing of all time, you, it's now got to be the funniest okay, okay. thing of all time. So, the, the, it snowed, and we were all in lesson, and the floor had frozen over... What, so, the car? No, no, outside on the field, and the, the, the teachers didn't know that the, the floor was icy, so they let us all go out, and it started snowing again. And as soon as someone stepped out, a couple of the year sevens, the year sevens, 
Yeah, year sevens, all right. And they were, they were all running around yelling, honey, where's my super suit? Because, you know, it's frozen. You can talk. And we were all just yelling memes and sliding across the ice and someone fell on their butt. <laughs> it was funny to me. You don't have to give me that look. <laughs> that wasn't the funniest thing of all time. Yeah, but it was funny because it, it was like, it was the first time that it had snowed in a while. And but that was know, their first thought. It was like, honey, where's my super you know, suit? You know what? <laughs> I, I still get excited about the snows. So do I. Snows. I miss I, the snow. Snow is amazing. I, 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 love, I love, like, I, I, the big kid comes out of me when it snows. The monkey. Like, it's snowing! Hey! Let's throw something at someone's face! <laughs> <laughs> it's snowing! They smashed up his face in his eyes! But going back to the song thing, maybe not a summer song, but I've been listening to the Supernatural soundtrack and I like Carry On My Wayward Son. Yeah, so that's full of 70s and 80s American rock, mm-hmm. isn't it? So carry on my way with some else. Uh, what's on the playlist? Yeah. Uh, Back in Black. Oh, I Eye of the Tiger. Uh, I have the Tigers on there. Uh, Don't Stop Believing. Um, Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Is that, is that the right words? No, no. Um, yeah, anyway. whatever that song is. So we've had... In the middle of summer, a conversation about the snow and a conversation about 70s rock songs. Uh, my friend, if you could tell me what your favourite summer song is, that would be amazing. And my suggestions aren't very helpful because they're not, we, they're not summer songs. Shall we get on the show? Go on then. This week on the Vinyl Project, we are interviewing Rebecca Robbins. Now, Rebecca Robbins is a little bit amazing, right? Rebecca Robbins just, is... Just a little bit. ...is one of um, the kindest people that I... Um, oh, that's me alarm. Well, Rebecca Robbins is um, a Chief Learning and Culture Officer at Interbrand. Now, Interbrand are a big branding agency, but um, last week we interviewed Pinky Lelaney. Okay, mm-hmm. and Pink, I asked Pinky, who is the kindest leader, business leader you know? Um, and she said, You've got to have a chat with Rebecca. You've just got to have a chat with Rebecca. So I went in there to ch- chat with Rebecca. Would you like to listen? Go on then. Right, I'm here with Rebecca. Thanks, Rebecca, for joining us. It's, uh, I'm really excited about this one. Thank you. How are I'm you? Just, I'm delighted to be here. Thank yeah, really, really Thanks good. Thanks for being with us at our offices here in uh, Bankside. Yeah, great. Well, I literally, yeah, our offices are just around the corner in Moorgate, so I had a really nice walk through London, <laughs> and walking through town this time of the year is a bit good, isn't it? It's you wonderful. know, I like it. Look at that spring sunshine. I know, it's really, really good. So um, I know all about you because uh, you were introduced to me, but tell our audience a little bit about you. Oh, thank you. So I'm Chief Learning and Culture Officer for Interbrand, which yep. is the world's leading brand consultancy, and I have quite an eclectic mix of roles at Interbrand. Okay. So uh, I head up the Interbrand Academy, which is our platform for learning, innovation, collaboration, and inspiration okay. at Interbrand. We work with a host of phenomenally uh, amazing brands and universities around the world as okay. part of that. Uh, I also head up our global luxury practice. So okay. My background also is, you know, I'm, I'm a creative strategist, so I've worked on clients from Lego through to uh, 
the, a lot of the oh, Lego brands must be I know, exciting. One of my favorite brands. Yeah, I love that that came out first. Lego. It's one of my <laughs> I tell you, treasured, loved, oh. truly loved brands. My my seven year old loves Lego. Yeah. Oh, honestly, it's great. The problem is we we um, we did a little project. So Cassie, my wife, and Charlotte went out the other day, and um, Sophie and I had ten big bags of Lego <laughs> to put together, uh, which was meant to turn into a fairground. I popped out of the room. She mixed all of the ten bags. So I came back and went. I just don't know like the instructions. I don't know what, where to start. Um, I went. Should we just play and have some fun? And yeah. Sophie was no, Daddy. We're going to do it like the instructions. So we spent quite a lot of time finding tiny little parts that in this big do. bag. But I loved amazing. it. Absolutely good. And again, classic example: a timeless brand, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Across generations. Yeah. And so that's what also what it has always interested me about brands: the relationship between brands and culture and yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, and also how I came to luxury because yeah. I'm inspired by luxury brands because a lot of them, when you think about it, they have lasted across generations. Yeah, gotcha. They have, you know, re they have retained this relevance across generations. Yeah. So they're really, I mean, again, I would say luxury is possibly one of the most difficult industries to work with, but that's why also why I love it. There's why was that? Challenge there um, for a number of reasons, uh, not least because when you think about the brands that you're working with, I think first of all you feel such a sense of responsibility. Some of these brands are big names, right? Yeah, hundred years old. And I think that that's the thing is that they are, at that point brands become part of culture. Yeah. So you feel a sense. So they're of iconic. Just your, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's certainly not that you're just working with a brand. You feel a sense of guardianship. Yeah. Over these, over these it's over responsibility these and over yeah. the people you're working with. So, okay. So yeah, and fascinating businesses. To work and what's it like working with people at, in the academy? And what do you teach? And so how do you understand that? You mentioned yes, I'm flying off to um, Boston. Weeks. So one of the things that I run, I have a whole host of uh, programs throughout the year. The Academy does two things. So the Interbrand Academy uh, was born and inspired uh, for our people. So Interbrand has a network of uh, over 17 offices okay. across the globe. Okay. Uh, and you imagine as Interbrand, we're a really polymathic business. So yeah. we, do, we have everything from data analysts out of MIT on the yeah. side through to designers. Yeah. We have retail experience and everything yeah. in between. So really polymathic So a lot of different business. types of people, right? Absolutely. Yeah, phenomenally yeah. eclectic mix of people, okay. which I absolutely love and I think is so inspiring for us and also for the clients that we work with. Yeah. Um, so the Academy really is about how do we, how do we nurture and, and feed and inspire our own people and how do we connect them across our 17 gotcha. And so that's what the Academy does, is a platform for learning, collaboration, co-creation, innovation. Okay. And I'm in Boston to run one of my favorite programs, which is called Masterclass. And Masterclass is a, it's a sort of a high octane, three and a half day intense program where I fly in our top rising talent from a town around the network. Okay. And across the world, all into Boston. Yeah. To learn what specifically. They, they're coming from every different background as well. Yeah. Um, and they do two things. So we have a program mapped out for them for the week, which is designed to inspire uh, and amplify collaboration, co-creation, okay. and innovation. And we're working with one of the top five um, best global brands in the world, which I shall be able to reveal shortly. So okay, very it's cool. Pretty high profile. Yeah. Very cool. And what, what what do you get out of teaching these people? Do you know it's that is the real gift for me. Okay. That is the real gift for me. Is is I do it because I I was speaking at a conference the other day and I said, you know. The reason when you look at brands and business and we talk about people and culture, they're only in business because of the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every great brand begins with a great culture, it begins from within. Uh, and that's why I do it. I, I, I am fascinated, I, am, I, 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 find, I find people, you know, I, 
in terms of what we can do in this world, yeah. what we can do as individuals yeah. is one thing. Yeah. We are magical, unique individuals. Yeah. What we can do together as collectives. It's amazing. Yeah, and you're communities right. is amazing. We were talking about that earlier in yeah. terms of how you connect into communities. So yeah. for me, the qualities of, and I go back to, so Google did this amazing piece of research on effective teams called Project Aristotle. Okay. And they found three common factors out of effective teams, curiosity, empathy, and generosity. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I do but That's what makes us human, right? That, that curiosity and empathy Absolutely. is what makes us makes us different to a machine. You know, it's those elements that are, that are, that are really good. And we're here to talk about kindness, and you were um, uh, honoured, I, I don't know, along with Gary Southgate, apparently, I heard today, <laughs> to be on a list of the 50 kindest leaders. What was that like? Oh, it was honestly so humbling, okay. really humbling. Um, and I have to say, you know, huge recognition to Pinky Delano. Who, who introduced who me, introduced yeah, introduced us, so thank you for that, Pinky. amazingly Pinky. generous connector yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, truly light-filled human being. She's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and kudos to her also for recognising something, you know, a, a list of um, leading lights in yeah. kindness in business. Yeah. Um, and putting the notion of kindness in business together, I think, was such a powerful move by, yeah. by, by Pinky and so prescient because... I was in Delhi uh, just over a week ago speaking at a, a conference organized by the Economic Times. Okay. And I talked a lot about what it is to be human in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you think about where we're moving, we're moving to the age of the human, to the age of the deeply human, where yeah. as you talk about tech, the rise of AI, yeah. you know, we're in a world that is changing at an exponential rate. Yeah. So we need to be exponentially human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not said in a throwaway. It's actually quite a deep... Yeah. a really deep thing that we need to consider and it's macro, it's micro, it's what we do on a daily basis yeah. as much as anything else and I yeah. think what Pinky touched on was the notion of, as we were saying earlier kindness is something that is, you know, in essence it's an abstract thing, so how we make kindness real in daily life and how we translate it into business in a way that actually mm. transforms the way we do things, transforms what we can do and change for good in the world yeah. That's what's really exciting. So, so that's interesting because I think I think I think you're right. But then, how do we make kindness more practical? Mm. Well, I, well, first of all, I think I think kindness has. Let's think about sort of when we talk about in business, uh, people talk about skills and they okay. talk about soft skills. And okay. I think and I think a, a lot of this comes down to the language we use right. and the language language we have used. When right. you think about, you know, a lot of. A lot of uh, business has has actually got got things rather skewed over whether it's with the gender debate, whether it's you know misuse of the word. Actually, you think about how stretched the word purpose has become. Yeah, I, actually, I actually wrote a book on co-wrote a book on, on luxury, looking at how diluted the word luxury. So actually, the language we use when we think about it has often become very diluted. Yeah. Um, now, if we think about kindness, people often think, oh well, you know, yes, that's warm and it's soft skills. I would really challenge the word soft skills. No, the soft okay. skills in business are actually the hardest skills because that's what really changes things. That's what drives gotcha. people forward. Yeah, you're that's right. That's what we really talk about culture. And, that, and actually, actually, a lot of those skills are intangible, aren't they? Absolutely. That where, where, where is the, yes. whereas knowledge is acquirable, some people are just naturally empathetic, and it's interesting. Yeah. You can learn it, and you, you, you certainly should look at that. How do we, how do we? How do we make ourselves more empathetic and more curious? So one of the things that uh, we, do, we work with on our clients every day, and, and you can see, as you know, we value the top 100 best global brands every yeah. year. So yeah. we really understand you know, what makes brands tick, how yeah. they work. We get in under the engine room of those brands every year. 
And one of those measures that we use is something called a brand strength, and there are 10 factors of brand strength, okay. four of which are all about what goes on on the inside of the business. So the people. It's all about your culture, all okay. about your commitment, all about your, your governance, okay. everything that goes on around your people and your culture. And one of the things that we're doing actually at Interbrand, we're in the process of shifting from a values-based business yep. to a behaviors-inspired business. When okay. we think about, again, language is so interesting in terms of what it signals, values potentially, quite static. Yeah. Yes, we're all clear what they are, but do they actually change what we do as yeah, individuals on a daily yeah. basis? Behaviours, we were talking about this earlier, how you behave is how you act and what you do and so, how you do things differently. So it's really it's really interesting. So we've got values in our business, but um, we're small enough to sort of exhibit those behaviours. Yeah. But I, I, my, my background, uh, I come from a corporate background, a corporate finance background. I remember walking in offices and seeing values on a on a corporate wall and thinking, that means nothing. And it's interesting. I think values are important to, to our little business, but I suppose the bigger a business gets, the more difficult values are to apply. And I think also, again, big global businesses, right? When yeah. you have cultures uh, across, uh, you, you, have a, you, have a, you have a spectrum of cultures, yeah. you have a spectrum of people, as, as we have, right? Yeah. We have a polymathic business. Um, but what they do, if you, if, if, again, if you embed within a business, that's the glue that keeps you together. That's okay. what you hold each other accountable what, to. Um, what business inspires you? So when you look at the world and think, you know, there's a, there's a business there that I can actually learn a lot from, what, what, what sort of business oh, inspires you? It, I, think, I think probably we'd probably be here for the rest of the day <laughs> with the number of brands that I work Give me with. a top three. So we talked earlier on, one of, one of the first brands that I ever worked with was Lego. So okay, I had a yeah. privilege to work with one of, I think, and when we talk about loved brands, that is yeah. truly a loved brand. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the very name means play well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the fact that actually... It's a brand that's lasted across generations. It continues to stretch across yeah. generations today. Yeah. When you think it's not just a brand for kids, it connects yeah. families. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a phenomenal brand uh, in terms of what, 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 it, what it stands for, at its, yeah. at its core, at its ethos. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's a sense of purpose in the world. Yeah. I do love, uh, again, my, my heart and soul is very much over the years, I've worked across all sectors and different industries. I'm fascinated by the world of luxury because for, for so many reasons. First of all, when you look, about, look at luxury businesses, the leading luxury businesses came down to one individual at one point in time. Yep. Visionaries often, real pioneers, yeah, yeah, yeah. innovators, rebels, yep. people who weren't afraid to do things differently, but not for the sake, but with a purpose. Yes. You know, yeah, these yeah. people were said, I can do something better. Yeah. I can create something. It was better. never conventional, was it? No, it was all absolutely. about uh, doing something outside of the status quo. So how can I stretch something? How can yeah. I challenge the what was what was seen as the impossible? Okay. So I love the that, that whole notion of why the, a lot of these the, these luxury brands existed in the first place. Yeah. Second of all, because when you think some of them are 200 in some cases 300 years old. Yep. So these have lasted long before us and yeah, I love yeah. and I and I learn a lot for, and I'm inspired by brands uh, that have lived all these generations before us, and okay. if we do our roles well, we're only guardians of those businesses. Yeah. And the capacity we work with them to ensure that they carry forward for other generations to come. Yeah. So that sense of you know making a mark on 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 creations that have had a role in people's lives for years. So it's fascinating. So so I'm Rebecca. I'm here to be educated, right? Because I, I I want to understand a bit more about the role brands play in society yes. and whether they have an impact in kindness. Help me understand a little bit about oh, that. I 
think I think that's a wonderful question. I couldn't agree with you more. I think okay. that the biggest challenge that we uh, can and should make to all the businesses that we're working with and working for, uh, what is our commitment to change for good? Okay. Yeah. When yeah. We, agreed. When we look at the world out there, I think possibly in a, we're in a world that's more frag- tread, frag- fragmented, polarized than yeah. it has been in a yeah. very long time. Uh, so we come back to that whole notion of what it is. What is it to be human in life? What yeah. is it to be human in business? Yeah. And the two things aren't aren't siloed and separate. Yeah, agreed, agreed. You know, and actually, really I think business has a huge potential impact yes, for does. good. You know, it, it should be, shouldn't it? And I, again, I was at a, I was at a round table um, just the other day and, I, and there was quite a polarizing debate going on in the room about, you know, it, it, the, the value and viability of campaigns okay. around purpose, etc. And I challenged that. I said, actually, no, it's, it, it, you know, we don't do things for the sake of, actually, is yeah. it aligned with your brand, and your yeah. DNA? Yeah. Um, and does it run through everything you do? Yeah. And actually, what is your ambition to change things? Yeah. Because you see a lot of campaigns around purpose-led initiatives that's all well and good, yeah. but what are you seeking to change in the world? And I also think my biggest call to action is for brands to get together. What we can do as an individual collaborative well, brands, what we can yeah, do I like as an that. individual brand. What if a lot of luxury brands got together? What yeah. if the groups really worked harder to yeah. solve issues around sustainability or diversity? Yeah, right? yeah. That's when we can really change things. Yeah. Do you think the there's a pushback against that because of competitive culture? I mean, the, the whole premise of a brand, right, is, is, is based on identification and differentiation. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Of course. So working together is a challenge. However, yeah. We know. Look at look at some of the, the, the clusters and ecosystems in the world of university and academia. Look yeah. at Cambridge, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. My, my home university. Yeah. Um, look at the strength and the power of the Cambridge eco- ecosystem, yeah. connecting university and academia, yeah. thought-leading, pioneering innovations yeah. into commercial application. Yeah. That's only come through the power of building that ecosystem and yeah. investing in it. Yeah. We will achieve nothing in this world as silos. Yeah, agreed. We will only yeah. achieve it in terms of what we do together. And that yeah. will need a bit of bravery. It the will need sometimes short, it's, it's, it's sacrificing a little bit of the short-term thinking yeah. and profit for actually longer-term value. That's real brand. I, I, yeah, I agree. The, I'll tell you the interesting thing for that, for me is uh, the, the polarizing forces in this world shout louder than the current ones sometimes, and we need to, as good people, make sure that that voice is heard. Um, what do you think it takes to be a kind leader? My biggest, my biggest call to anyone in business is to, first of all, be yourself and be true to yourself. Yep. 100%, absolutely. And yep. I was talking about this yesterday, I was out with one of our teams, and you can be the quietest voice in the room, you can be the loudest voice in the room, um, but everyone has their contribution. Yep. We need always in business to you know support each other in making sure that the quietest voice gets heard yeah yeah uh, it's about authenticity is it yeah you have to be you shouldn't have to come into business and think that you have to change of course you, what, one of the things that we look to do with culture is to bring ourselves together you know but culture yeah. should lift us up empower us inspire us to be you know even better even stronger together but you know who we are as individuals you need to lead from your authentic self so that was the first part of the rebecca robbins interview um, shall we get on with the show and more from Rebecca next week? Yup. So, tis the end. Would you like to do the tis the end bit? Go on then. Go on. I didn't realise we were that close to the end. Okay. Tis the end bit, uh, of uh, this podcast. Um, okay. And the end is not always the end, the end, because we've always got the bits that is last week's question of the podcast. This week, last Ask week, this, this week. week. Yes. So last week's question of the podcast is, you know we got in trouble a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago when we asked 
who's the most overrated actor? Um, oh, and then you asked about who's the most underrated actor. Last week I asked, well, I, I, I did feel a bit bad because it isn't particularly kind. But it is, it is an honest question because, like, there are some actors that get more hype than they're actually, like, you than, know. Than they actually deserve, true. There are some actors and people, like, that will live on even in their own deaths. Yeah. Robin uh, Williams, we love you. But <laughs> Robin Williams? Yeah. Oh, Robin Williams is amazing. Yes. Oh, oh. Robin Williams. Oh, just, just... In Jumanji and Hook and Aladdin. You Hook was what? my favourite movie He's as a, a kid. I mean, I know we've gone off on a bit of a tangent and we will come back to the question, but Robin Williams is rated highly, but I think he's a bit underrated because he is also amazing. He was in a film with Al Pacino called Insomnia, where he mm. played the baddie, um, and he was brilliant. And he was also uh, the uh, bad protagonist in a film called One Hour Photo, where... Uh, you you mean the anti-hero? Yeah, the anti-hero character. And he was amazing in that as well. So I think Robin Williams is certainly somebody on that list. But we had a few other answers to the particular question. So um, uh, who's the most underrated actor or musician? Uh, Mike Christie records Ollie Mers is underrated. He was good back in the day, wasn't he? Um, back in the day? Back in the day. Like three years ago. Um, it was like... Really? Uh, and finding that Brandon Flowers, who I think is the lead singer of The Killers. I might be wrong. Ooh, The Killers. Um, I haven't heard of them in a while. Uh, Mike Christie said, uh, best actress ever, my ex-wife. I'm not even going there. Um, John Cook said, uh, actor Mark Strong doesn't get the credit he deserves. Never seen him in a bad film. Uh, he's always excellent. Uh, musician Slade. So many people think they're just noise stomping in a novelty um, Christmas band, but they're a lot more than that. Uh, Charlie Goodman said, easy, Jamie Lenman has been writing great songs since he was 16 with the band Ruben and recently as a solo artist. His lyrics capture life's angst. Oh, you'd like a bit of him then. That's why I like Lucy Spraggan. <laughs> Her songs are like angsty but uplifting as, as if Shakespeare had a love child with Kurt Cobain that's quite a combination <laughs> I don't know how biologically that would work though I mean uh, I mean it could be Shakespeare's descendant could be could be and Lee Robertson said uh, his most underrated actor is Eddie Marsden and he is an underrated actor <laughs> so that was the, que- the answer to the questions we had last week on that note We will see you next week. Bye.